Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I'll be interviewing Rabbi Nehemia Shusterman, Shliach to Peabody, Massachusetts, on the topic of high holiday services ideas. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, especially before Yamtis, to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Atzlach in their Shluchim. My pleasure. So let me just uh, thank our sponsors. I would like to thank Slotsman Jewelers, the Smetana Group, and Shazak Productions. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast and making them available to all Shluchim. So let's get right to it. Um, Nehemia, I, I, I've heard that you have a lot going on at uh, your high holiday services on Rosh Hashanah. Um, I'm imagining in Kippur as well. And uh, I would love to speak with you about what it is that you do, how you do it, some ideas that Shluchim can learn from. And I understand that every community is different. We all understand this and the dynamics of, of who's there and so on, that could change what we're able to do. But just hearing the ideas, I think, could be very helpful for Shluchim. So let, let's uh, begin with Rosh Hashanah, and uh, we'll go through the, the different things that you do, starting from Rosh Hashanah in the evening. Is there something that you do the first night of Rosh Hashanah to attract more people at a Rosh Hashanah dinner? Okay, so we did start doing a Rosh Hashanah dinner, it started more out of a necessity because we found certainly in the earlier years when Minyan wasn't a, wasn't a given in, um, back in that, at that point that one of the easiest ways to ensure that we have a Minyan at least the first night of Rosh Hashanah was if we had a meal associated with it. In the beginning, we charged very little because we just kind of were desperate and wanted them through the door. Um, over time, we've become a little bit more presumptuous. You know, now it's a little bit of a... An honor to come to our dinner. We've made it a little pricier, so we actually don't lose money on it. And uh, like this, we have the minion locked in already for the services because we call it, let's say, the minion we call for 6:30, and then the meal at seven, or, or, or you know, working with the time so that it's so that it's done correctly. But that's that's the idea. Like this, you have a meal, and and uh, the, the services preceded, so you have your minion going there. I think one one of the, the nice things of on a night, and I'm curious if you find the same thing, is that because it's a short davening, it's a good opportunity to invite people to it that you know may not come to you know the long davening of the, uh, during the day. Do you, do you find the same thing? Yes, that's absolutely correct. Um, I'll add two other ideas to that. Is number one, it's interesting because many people come through our doors through the course of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Um, and, you know, I wonder if, if this idea of attracting people to services via the meal um, maybe is working a little bit too well because there's a good portion of the people that come to the Rosh Hashanah dinner who are either not from our community or are from other temples in town. And that may be the only time that we will see them throughout the, the high holiday season. So for some people, you know, it's whether it's loners who don't have where to be or people who are partially too lazy to do the cooking. But for many people, that's the only time that we see them. The other thing is, as you correctly mentioned, it's really a very, very short davening. People associate, you know, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur with long services. This is truly a very, very short davening. And by the time the Chazim davens and you say one or two explanations, davening is done. And then there's always the apple dipped in honey. So everyone is invited to hang around for the apple dipped in honey. Usually we'll have like a serving table for that. Um, but but it's also understood, you know, the show isn't isn't oversized. So so what we'll have is we'll have the show kind of condensed up in the front, a little squishy for davening, um, but we have the meal set up already, like the first course and stuff on the tables, um, like this, we can go right into the meal, 
and people who didn't participate in the meal or didn't RSVP for the meal kind of understand that they weren't part of that and, and that they did, hadn't reserved for that. We'll always set up a couple of chairs, actually, because there's always some last-minute people say, oh, I didn't realize, oh, could I join last minute? And uh, usually they do, and usually they uh, cover their meal and sometimes make a donation even larger than that. Was there anything else you wanted to add about what you do at night? Anything interesting? The other thing that I would mention, I guess, is related to how I run the services, but that's not really different between the night and the day. So let's put it in the day section because, you know, like like that, I, like this, I'll elaborate more in, in how I do the services. And I don't know if what I do is different than others. Listen, I just know that this is what I do. I think in, in my heroes in this were some of the... I guess a little bit more senior shluchim that I've seen in action and that I spent, you know, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur with when I was a bachar was, uh, you know, Shlema Schwartz, my uncle, and Abba Pormater, one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. And I watched how they did their service and they said, this is, I, I who, had, who was a bachar helping out was so fascinated by by their services that, um, quite frankly, I, I don't know how much I doubt them because I was so busy listening to them. But but I, I realized I said one day when I'm going to do this I'm going to model it after them and, and that's kind of how I structure my my uh, davening service and and uh, I don't know if you want me to jump. Okay, so let's let's uh, you know beautiful. So let, let's talk about um, what you do by day, starting with the davening itself, and then all the extra things that you bring into uh, the, the, the children's programs or other programs that you have going on while davening is happening. So, okay, so let me let me, let me you, give you a little, little bit of a background. First of all, just to, to reiterate what you said before, um, what works for one community doesn't work for the other. And while I wouldn't say that we've, you know, peaked in our success, but we've definitely um, gotten a lot further in 12 years than we were when we first got started. What, what, I, what I'll describe now is not something that was possible um, 10 years ago or possibly even five years ago. But uh, Baruch Hashem, now it's possible, and it's obviously with a lot of hard work and, and, and fine-tuning and figuring out what works in, in our community, and everyone has to do the same for their own communities. So we do something, and, and this is really you know, a, a, a you know, big part, obviously, to, to my wife, who has really developed a couple of areas within our shlichus, which is really the kids, and not, even, not, not only the kids, but I'll, I'll add even the infants, the, 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 the families that we knew who were single people when we first moved here are now... In, in, a, in a lot of cases, married and having one kid or two kids, and so they're dealing with their infants. And as you know, as they're young adults, all they want to do is you know selfishly hang out with you and, and grab drinks. Once they have kids, it, it becomes all about their kids, and the only way to get access to the adults is only through the kids. So what we've done is is we started a mommy and me family service. Um, simultaneous is a children's service. Simultaneous is the main service in the show. The years where it's Shaykh, and this is something that changes from year to year depending on, you know, some years we have a lot of teenagers, some years we have less teenagers, we have a teenage service going on, and during Korea we have a Kabbalah service going on. But the point is, is on a marketing, from a marketing perspective, it's lovely because people say, wow, there's so much going on. And it is a bit of a juggle to make it all work, but, um, but we've, you know, we've, you know, managed to harness the talents that we have, and we hire and borrow and steal talents as well to make it all work, and... And to the best of my ability, this, you know, this is how, how we do it. First of all, when it comes to the mommy and me service, um, we've learned that that's not something we can outsource to, to, to like, let's say, you know, the Shrifka girls who we have coming this year and we have come, you know, come every year. Um, you know, people, whether they like the Rebbitsons specifically, it, it, 
you know, that's, there are certain things you can unload to others to do. This is not one that we found an effective way to do. Um, what we found last year, interestingly enough, which was either our first or second year that we did this, is, you know, I, the, 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 the site for me was when one of my biggest, Balabakum, who's a young guy with a, with a couple of kids, came in with his Armani suit and his starch towel that he probably was wearing, you know, for his one time during the year, um, sitting Indian-style next to his wife and his two kids on a, one of those play mats, singing, you know, Omodaani, you know, with my wife during, for the mommy and me service, because when he came to the show, he said, do you mind if I go and, and, and sit with my kids and wife and, and hang out with the kids and help out with the kids? I said, sure, there's nothing wrong with that. And, um, and so, frankly, he, so we realized that, that to call it a mommy and me service might actually be limiting. Um, and, you know, again, I'm not a rav, and, and you need to consult with a rav you know, before you take any halakhic guidance from anything I say. But, um, but what we started calling it, and it's really just a name, it's playing with the names, we call it Mommy, and, Mommy Daddy, and Me Family Service. So it's got a nice ring to it. Um, but basically, it's young families who don't want to sit through a long service, who won't sit through a long service, and uh, this is a way to rope them in. They sit on the mats, the kids can play with their toys, um, we prepare snacks, and this is both for the, the babies and for the, uh, for the children's program. We have snacks, sandwiches, all that stuff is available. You know, if you think about it, a bunch of loaves of bread with uh, cream cheese or tuna sandwiches. Um, You've know, got to be careful with people in the nuts and the nut allergy nonsense. But the point is, is that, that the, the mommies, the daddies, and the kids will all sit together, um, and it's not really a service in the, in the sense of a service. There's no machitzes. There's no real service going on. They're just sitting in the cell on the ground playing with toys and singing Rosh Hashanah songs. And my wife buys some of those Rosh Hashanah toys, you know, those little play sets that have uh, apples dipped in honey and green apples and plastic apples and the kids play different games and different things. Um, and the mommy and me service actually is, in a lot of ways, more popular than almost any of the other stuff that goes on. And besides it being a great idea for Rosh Hashanah, but it's just a great idea for all year because really that, age and demographic is your feeder into pretty much all of your programs that you do in general. So the mommy, daddy, and me service starts. It actually starts a little later. It starts at 11 o'clock. And um, there are a lot of people who come just for that. One of the things that I realized and learned, obviously, is that everyone wants to hang out with the rabbi. Now, there's only one rabbi at this point, and that's me. So I can't be everywhere all the time, and I need to run the main service, and I'll get to that in a second. But for Schaefer, which is the which is the main point of the whole day, Mitzvah and the Schaefer. So for Schaefer, I you know my wife will send one of my kids. It will send a message to me. I right, we're ready to do chauffeur blowing because the whole mommy and daddy and me service is 45 minutes total. Um, and I'll come in and I you know I, you know I have to move quickly because I'm, I'm you know uh, juggling between the different services. But rather than send somebody in there to go blow Schaefer, this is an opportunity to say hello and schmooze up the Elam, albeit for a total of five minutes blow at least, you know, the main set of, of shapers, uh, of, of tears for the kids and for their parents. And like this, even, you know, everyone is, is jumping between naps and whatnot. But like this, I've, I've gotten the mommy and me um, people to meet, obviously, my wife, to meet me, to hear Schaefer, which is the main myth of the day, have a fun, pleasant, happy experience. They've associated Yiddishkeit and Chabad to something positive, and they're good with that. So, so that's... That, uh, that, that, that in a lot of ways, even though it's chronologically, I'm not going in order, that's, that's become one of the most popular things. So, you know, that's something that, that, we, that I really put effort into. We now invest in that. We buy extra toys and extra mats and, and because, because really that's almost the most important demographic you can get. If you get those kids at mommy and me age, then they become your youngest grade for Hebrew school and, and so on and so forth. 
I think it's a good idea to talk about these extra things and then, then come to the dominant. Maybe you can just do that last because these are all really interesting ideas. Um, a lot of children can say, oh, yeah, I know how to run my dominant, but these ideas are, are really good. So while the kids' program is going on, the kids' program, let's say, starts at 11 and goes to 1145. I'm sorry, the, the, the mommy and me program starts at 11 and goes to 1145. The children's program starts at 1030 and goes all the way till the end of dominant, you know, 1, 115, you know, whenever we can uh, manage to finish dominant. Um, like this, when does dominant start? Um, okay, so uh, all right, <laughs> that that that's a story in itself. Dominic starts at nine thirty, but this is just some an advice that someone gave me. I don't remember who, but it's never a bad idea. People have limited patience, and and you have your hardcore um, inner circle of people who actually really want to dive, and they're not here necessarily in my running commentary. Um, they can be approached earlier, you know, with private emails and say, "Do me a favor, can you show up fifteen twenty minutes before davening?" And like this, you can start, hey, do, uh, so if we call down for 9.30, we've usually started by 9.10 or 9.15, the latest, like this, as people start showing in at 9.30, we're actually already well into dominant. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, you're able to just make what is naturally not the shortest something a little bit shorter. Um, right. The kids program starts at 10.30 because not everyone starts, not, you know, not everyone starts a day that early, maybe the, the point is that they don't have to get full coverage all the time, like that the girls have a chance to dive in before they start the thing. And 10.30 is a half hour before the Mommy and Me program starts like this. Um, my wife can set the girls up with the games and the program. She has a bunch of stuff that she's prepared for year to year. And if you're a little bit organized, you can, you know, put it away in a bag and in the box and pull it out from year to year from, you know, I, I can't even uh, speculate about the games that she does. I, I know what I see. There's different kind of Rosh Hashanah bingo games and, 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 they string up honey nut cherries on necklaces or something. They're, 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 uh, you know, that's not. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but this one is not. It's not something that's really young to, But, but it's it's some it's it's a way to all, all games that are associated with Rosh Hashanah, etc. Um, but like this, she can get things started and feel confident that the girls are are up to running it. But you know, and and in the children's program, there's a little bit more of a formal down. Usually, we use the Hebrew school sederim for that, and that becomes the dominant part, and then they have the kid playing part at 11 o'clock or 11.15, you can have as many as five programs going on. You can have the mommy and me thing going on with my wife, the children's program going on with the girls. You can have the main service going on with me and, and my, my father, who's, who's my cousin. You can have the Kabbalah service, that's what you asked about before, so I'll get to that in a second, um, going on with my stepmother who comes to help us, um, for Yantif as well. And a teen program, and again, that depends from year to year how many teens we have. So we, we make them actually special RSVP for that. And and the problem is that, you know, resources are limited. How many people can you hire to help you preempt this? So, you know, usually within a community, we found, you know, someone who's not necessarily 100% from, but is, you know, conservative if you will, someone who she happens to run the Hillel in one of the Boston colleges over there. Um, and so she, you know, she has enough of an upbringing that if we coach her, she can run a program for teams. Frankly, the teams are not interested in doing much. They just want to, you know, hang out with one another. But like this, if there's a semblance of structure and she'll create a, you know, some kind of, you know, priorities game or something so these kids can be focused uh, and get something out of Rosh Hashanah on an intellectual level. But ultimately, again, the goal always is to make them here safer. And frankly, you know, I might be a little bit, uh, little bit new age on this, but I think if they're hanging out and just, just schmoozing with one another, it's good enough because it shows them that there's other Jews that they can hang out with and, and maybe hopefully they'll marry one of them one day and actually not marry a, 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 out of the faith. Um, to the 
to, to, uh, and to that end of creating an, an, an atmosphere of comfortability, um, one thing, again, you know, I don't, again, I'm not a rav, so I can't tell you if this is a halachic issue, but I, I just know that we've been doing it, is, you know, our services are not short. That's, you know, as much as we promote them as short, they're not that short. So another thing we started to do is in the back room, um, we have a, a water, you know, water uh, drinking machine, and we set up a table with coffee, teas, um, it's complicated, but um, we set up a table with goodies, um, you know, and, and like this, people want to stroll out and grab themselves a cup of water or a cup of lemonade. It's a hot day, you make sure it's cold lemonade, and, and you know, again, kiddish, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking of I'm just telling you what we do. Like this, there's a, a sense of it's not stuffy. I can stroll around. I can if I want to grab a drink. I can, um, and then I'll come back to my place. And thank you, Rabbi Shufferman, for sharing with Shulchan. Uh, your ideas for uh, high holiday services. We really appreciate your time. It's a pleasure. Good adventure to everybody. This is Dovi Shapiro, and I would like to wish everyone a good bench to your only good things for you, your family, in your shlukas, in your personal lives, and uh, may we merit the coming of Mashiach soon. Make it a great week and a great year.